0: Whether you like it or not, it's just it's what's going to continue to make what when people bought and sell in other markets, no matter what's going on the market right now, seller's market, buyer's market, it still seems fast to people. And the reason why it seems fast is because of the technology.
1: Hello and welcome to Get Real. My name is Josh Morgan, aka the renovating realtor.
0: And I'm Gavin Townsend, longtime real estate investor with a background in education in the arts turned licensed sale
1: professional. We're two realtors in the Western New York area who love talking all things real estate. We cover a wide variety of topics with an aim to educate and entertain you. No matter your role as a buyer, seller, investor, enthusiast, or another real estate professional.
0: You can trust that we're always going to be up front and honest no matter what topic we're discussing.
1: So listen up and get ready to, to get, get real. Ready? Let's do it. Yeah, we are doing today's episode on Tech savvy realtors. Uh, if you weren't before, you better be now, right, Gav?
0: Absolutely. And it's not just for the real estate professionals out there too. If you're buying and selling in the modern era in real estate, you better have some sort, some sort of baseline command, expectation, and um, acceptance of technology.
1: Yeah, change is difficult for people. All, everybody. People don't like. People resist change because they typically don't understand it. Um, changing is painful sometimes we even experience that in our profession because things change so much we have to use different systems we have to do different practices standard of operating procedures change Legal matters change, and we have to adhere to that. And sometimes it's painful, especially for more experienced agents, because they've been doing it so, so the same way for so long that they've got their system down mm-hmm. and they've got it down to a science almost where they're like, I'm most efficient here, mm-hmm. but then they have to change. And so that's really what we're dealing with in the area of technology, it moves fast sometimes it breaks Mm -hmm. and and that's kind of the technology Mm -hmm. motto right move fast and break things yeah and so it's really really important Mm -hmm. to kind of have some acceptance of that so that we can best serve you and that you don't miss out as a customer
0: yeah and i and i think i want to put a disclosure up there just initially too just because there's all this great technology doesn't mean that, A, we use it all. Yeah. I think it's always important to use what works for you. I think we're going to underscore and introduce, if you have not already are familiar with, the baseline technology that agents um, come into contact with on a daily basis to do the bare minimum of the pos- of the profession. And the right. other thing I want to say in regards to, we have this conversation all the time. You've got these um, newer agents, or not necessarily new to the industry, but people that are more comfortable with technology partnering with veteran agents that maybe aren't as comfortable with technology. I'm not taking one thing away from those veteran agents that have the knowledge, experience, and skills to to give you their absolute best performance in this field. It doesn't mean they don't still perform and they still don't do that. It's just that somewhere in the middle, we've got to reconcile all this incredible technology that's available. Doesn't mean we have to do it all. Yeah. With, again, at the end of the day, knowledge, skills, experience, results driven um, deliverables for you, for your goals and your real estate goals. So just want to put that out there, not advocating for everybody to just get on the electronical, um, you know, hoverboard here and and move forward. There's (laughs) got to be, yeah, there's got to be a balance in all this. And that's why I think this is a hot topic, because there's a lot of things that we're going to talk about today that are prevalent technologies in the industry. Um, Things that are coming up as trends and things that we use on a daily basis That's what I can't wait to get into the things that I can't live without Technologically to be able to do the best job that I can for my clients.
1: Yeah, and really what we're looking for in our technology and our um, Silo of things tools that we use is how does this best serve my client base? Does this make me more efficient and more effective? Mm -hmm. Those are the things that I think we focus on the most is not that it's new and flashy exactly that it's practical mm-hmm. I, I really always go for what
0: is the effectiveness
1: practicality over you know fashion really Mm -hmm. I don't care if it looks good I don't care if it's clunky if it's stupid and it works it ain't stupid
0: right exactly and technology (laughs) is not just all digital things folks so let's let's dive into it like so bare minimum technology that whether you are a buyer or a seller or you're an agent and you're all working collaboratively together because on this podcast we always talk about that we're a team what are the tools that we're running into on a daily basis the MLS
1: yeah, that's the most basic one. tool that's been around for quite a while. The MLS and uh, email is still very, very prevalent. I think we're seeing what comes more is uh, like team or collaboration apps, maybe like Todoist or uh, Trello. I know you like Trello for your process management and project management, how yeah. you manage your transactions. Um, Todoist is the same thing. It's just a different app. Again, two different agents using two different systems exactly, different doing thing. the pretty much the same thing. Right. Um, that's another tool. I mean, cell phones now have come such a long phones, you know, have come such a long way.
0: I don't know how. Um, and I'm sure there are people out there doing it and doing it well and doing it beautifully. Um, and again, you always, when you're working, you know, agent to client, you're reflecting each other and you've got to be comfortable with the way you work together. So, but if you aren't working with a smartphone cell phone at base at best, MLS or any of those delivery systems, you know, the Zillows, et cetera, but the MLS multiple listing service to which realtors subscribe is always going to be the best source of information, accurate information of listings. You've got to have that. Email is so prevalent. How are we getting those listings to you? Gone are the days when people are coming in saying, hey, what's for sale? Do you have a piece of paper to show me? Yeah, That's irrelevant. It's, it's, uh, it's almost done and sold in this market right now before that's even gone to print. Now, back in the day, and you'll hear from veteran agents, they had booklets. And maybe those listings at that time stuck around for a couple months. We're just not there right now. And why is that? It's the push and pull of technology. Even if we're in a buyer's market or a seller's market, I still feel as if the... Uh, effectiveness and efficiency of technology is what's driving any market, no matter what the flavor is. Because here it is, here's the pictures, here's the information, it's deliverable to your email. And that's how people are consuming that data from real estate.
1: And it dictates the speed of the transaction as well. Absolutely. And that's, and that's the marketing. Really, I think, an accounting factor of not that people are more interested, but that people see it faster mm-hmm. and it's more widely distributed. And maybe that's why you saw longer longer sales times in the past is because hidden information. It just wasn't known. People. It took a while for it. Maybe a couple of weeks, even just to get it out on the town, right? Sure. In, in the absolutely.
0: Past. It was a for sale sign. It was in the MLS, but it was a list, and you had to be seeking. Now there's a push. Mm -hmm. The information is pushed to the end user through third-party sources like Zillow and Redfin and all that good stuff. I would love to know, and it's this fascination we have created with real estate in general. Look at social media. Look at television. And all of the television productions and the the myriad of networks that have some sort of content – developed around real estate and the fascination with real estate. So we've right. really created... This is what I'm talking about when I'm talking about technology. I'm not just talking about pieces of equipment or software. I'm talking about the media realm that is around real estate that has pushed whatever is going on in the market, an interest level that makes it fast, makes it quicker than what maybe people that were buying and selling... 10, 20 years ago experienced then. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not going away. So bare bones, you're gonna have to work with an agent and luckily, hopefully they're with the MLS and they are sending you listings and where are those listings going? They're going to an email address. So you might have an agent that you're working with and says, well, can you just call me when there's something that comes up with my criteria? It's gonna be rather inefficient. You're gonna be frustrated by the time I call you and tell you it's available, the house is no longer available. So email is a, is. Key for a buyer, key for a seller.
1: Hitting the forward button is much easier than crafting an entire email saying, hi, I just wanted to tell you about (laughs) this listing that I found and I thought it might hit all of your boxes. Yeah,
0: it's that we're not there. We're so beyond that. So, you know, those are the things you're going to interface with whether you're on the client side or you're a real estate agent yourself that you can't do without these technologies. So, And we're going to get into really what our best hits are too. But from a marketing perspective... And we'll try to highlight when we're talking about a particular um, technology piece, its relevance to the buyer and the seller, and in many cases, it's going to be both. You know, why should sellers care? Well, you should care from the marketing perspective. Where are the tools that are out there and the agents that you're uh, interviewing and working with, what do they use to best expose your property to get your results, to get a, a fast and clean sale as soon as possible?
1: I think there's a lot of things on the sales side or listing side of of you know marketing specific that have come a long way, right? We spoke about just like the magazines that went out, and now we're talking, you know, what catches people's eyes: photos, right? Having good photos. Yep. That's not, you know, I wouldn't say that's high tech on the list of technology scale, right? I mean, but cameras got better. Uh, It's all
0: technology related, for sure.
1: Photo editing i don't want to go into the realm of modification we're not modifying photos but you know sure. lighting m- lighting you know being able to enhance lighting and do those things in the photos framing photos better.
0: how we frame a photo of a particular area etc it's all marketing technology related
1: lenses staging now we can mm-hmm. do virtual staging to make houses look you know lived you know yes And that's a huge thing,
0: huge thing right now are the virtual home tours, even if it's a, if it's a software program that real estate agents are using, or it's something like what I do, I go in with my iPhone. I am an iPhone user, um, and, or whatever smartphone someone wants to use. And I do the video myself with the video app I have, Mm -hmm. that could be considered a virtual showing. It's a short video, but some people have some really robust, crazy, complicated, awesome, Um, virtual home tours and 3D visualization products out there. And they're out there. And I think it just depends on what is the nature of the subject property and what's going to bet. Does it require something like that to really highlight it? At what end are we talking? Or is it something like what I do when I'm going in and just getting the basics of people of, of what to look for there's a whole realm within virtual home tours and 3d visualization. Well, you have
1: cameras like the insta 360 that can take 360 degree pictures and videos of yeah. a home and you can walk through a home with it you know being a, there a, but without being there on a stick above your head and you know i'm doing this and nobody can see me yeah. and i look like a dummy no but, but you but know and you can walk you through a home idea yeah. and that's marketing right mm-hmm. it, and so that's a huge that's a cool piece of technology that if you decide to invest in that and you see returns in that as an agent and you know your sellers enjoy that type Of stuff, then maybe that's what you would employ. You know, I still go the route of just professional photography because I don't know how to frame a picture. I I don't know that. You know, and I could. And somebody
0: else does. I can
1: spend a lot of time on it, but it's it's much more affordable to me. You know, at the rate of what at, at the cost of photos. You know. They do a much better job.
0: To present well. Get the expert look, to do the expert's and job. And they
1: look excellent.
0: Exactly. They look and so I, good. And I think, you know, people, you have to also understand what's the relevance of that as well. There was a time when, and people are still doing it. I'm getting phone calls on listings now. They're not even in the area, and they want to put an offer on a house that they've never stepped foot on. I know we all look at each other with eyebrows up when we we think about this, but this is still happening. We still are having this sort of a diaspora of people that they can work from home, live from anywhere, think they find a deal. And a lot of people still are putting contracts on houses that they've never stepped foot in. And so do they have that level of comfort because that technology was used? Um, Related to 3D um, visualization and virtual home tours, how many times have I shown a house doing a virtual tour on my cell phone? I've, I've done it. <laughs> yeah. I actually have sold homes.
1: Oh, you mean like FaceTime? Yeah, like a FaceTime oh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Or, or Skype or whatever. I've okay. actually done home inspections that wow. way tours and folks never even they had their offer accepted that's exactly how they bought the house and they never stepped foot on the property until they got there they weren't there in real time until after they closed on the property
1: you say that and i I realized that my uh stepbrother step my he did that he bought bought a house in a town just not far from here and and i was like he said yeah we didn't we didn't even see the property i was like uh, what you bought a house without seeing it and, and if goes, that's
0: your level of comfort
1: you had to at that point you know it was that was what? there was a
0: real crazy time I Remember remember and we had restrictions and only people could go in at one at a time and there was a whole system for that so when we're talking about the whole kind of umbrella of virtual home tours and all that it encompasses low technology, lower technology to really sophisticated stuff.
1: Some of it it's was not going away. Some of it was bred out of progress; others was bred out of necessity. Yep. You, or else, you, you know, you can't see a whole business or a whole industry collapse just because we can't be together.
0: Right. So exactly. you have to find. We had to a, keep it going, and people need a place to live at the end of the
1: day. Yeah, and people, you had to find a way to keep it going, and so that's that's the way they did it, right? Mm-hmm. All yeah. right. Hey, do you have Skype? No. All right, I haven't used that you, in years. You do now. You how many will. people
0: have? How many people have? Um, <laughs> you know, all of their, um, what's the most prevalent one that we talk about all the time that we don't ever want to talk about? It's like COVID era. Zoom. <laughs> Zoom. <laughs> I mean, Zoom. I remember having come from higher education, I used Zoom and video web conferencing for a long time. But it was one of those obscure things. I think there's a load of people that still have Zoom on their phone as an app. And yeah. it's something they're used to using.
1: It's a thing now.
0: And so it's not going away whether we like it or not. or We agree with Um, somebody's choice and personal level of comfort to purchase a home that way. I, I think that's all here to
1: stay so for I a had, long time. I had some notes here that just kind of, what is the cons, right, from a marketing standpoint? And I think that they, they kind of speak to it because, yes, photos are a thing and they can really do a lot to enhance a property, but I really don't believe that there's any more justice than to be able to physically walk through Absolutely. the door and see a property because there are things, when you take photos, and I'm pointing, but it's when someone takes photos of a property, they decide what you see. When you yeah. walk through, a, whether they're intentional or not, whether it's intentional or not, yes, mm-hmm. thank you. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. That yeah. is important because absolutely everybody has a bias, and your job is to, if you're the listing agent, to present that property in the best way possible without, yeah, you know, being falsified or doing anything wrong.
0: And we talked about that last on one of our last episodes in regards to our pet peeves with realtors that, you know, sometimes the public feels as if that. Agents are selectively including things and presenting a certain way, which, again, that's why I say it's all a matter of a perspective. So <laughs> that's fin- why you should go look at the property yep. yourself.
1: And to finish that thought, it's, it, it's that it, you're not doing it justice unless you actually go through the door and look at that property, because there may be something in that property that you say, I actually don't like that. Mm-hmm. Or if, you know, on a marketing side... If you're doing such a good job marketing the property, you're not getting people through the door because they're casting judgments based on what you've put out there Mm -hmm. that you probably, you might be hurting yourself. Sure. You've, you've emphasized the wrong feature of the house because you thought people would like it, but it's kind of a turnoff. And then people are like, eh, I don't really Mm -hmm. like it so I'm not gonna go see it.
0: Or I didn't realize the closeness to the neighbor. I didn't. There's some things that all of these fancy technologies with video, photo, et cetera, can't capture. And so, and here's the other thing, technology or not, when you're showing a house, if I show the same house to three different people, those are three different perspectives and they all zone in as something different. Um, some think, you know, absolutely cats me out, I'll, I'll move right in here and I'm raising an eyebrow thinking that's not, that thing over there isn't bothering you. And then somebody else can't get over the fact that you know, it's not date it's not been updated since two thousand and I'm thinking, <laughs> okay. You just don't know and you can't control what what is important to that buyer and the sellers have to pay attention to that and that's why we're always using this technology to show it in its best neutral light. To encourage people to physically get in there.
1: And that's really what... uh, It's encouragement. That's the marketing, right? That you want to strike. You don't want to put too much out there that people are like, well, you've shown me everything, every dust bunny in the corner. I don't need to go to that (laughs) property. Yeah. You want to say, I'm... Still curious,
0: right? I, I like what I see so far, but now I have to do seeing is believing. I have to do my due diligence. I need more to get and see it. And so sellers have to understand that once they physically fiz- and put your, you know, most sellers have been buyers in their in their previous life. So put yourself in their shoes. Sometimes you all the nuances of this technology is what gets them in, and that's the hook, and that's what the job is, and that's a wonderful thing to get that traffic. And hopefully, the more traffic we have with a, a, a typical funnel, we get those offers.
1: And I think, as an agent, it's also our job when we present our when we present our marketing strategy for a, a potential seller. That we present that to the seller in a way that makes sense in a way that's cohesive mm-hmm. in a way that doesn't scare them right and say i don't i don't know about all this stuff right right because change is difficult for people and they may not have you know when the last time they bought their house 20 years ago yeah none of this stuff existed and now you tell them you know yeah i want to walk around with a camera on my head that takes <laughs> a 360 picture yeah of your house and they're like how the heck does that help me
0: and honestly guys we're i'm personally not seeing a lot of that in our In our immediate market, I'm seeing it maybe with the higher-end listings um, and properties in the cities. I don't see that on a typical day by day, but just understand that it's out there and it's a tool. And you might have questions about it if you're selling, you might have questions about it if you're a buyer.
1: Yeah, so that's on the mar- that's on the marketing aspect of it. I think on the backside agent side of it, we, we've listed some CRMs or customer relation manage- relationship management. And I just want to lead into this segment to say a CRM is only as good As what you put into it yep in the data analytics field we have garbage in garbage out right it's a saying and if you put garbage into it you're only gonna get garbage out and so every CRM pretty much does the same thing some do it better than others but some emphasize other different features but if you're not using it right then there's no sense in having
0: it and it might not work for you so for those of you that might say okay here's another acronym let's go back to the alphabet soup episode but CRM let's let's call it your database if you know from the sales professional perspective and so it's more than that but where is your address book okay if you're if if a CRM you're not up that level that's fine but at least you have where are your contacts where are your current and past clients and your referees? Where are they kept? Is it a spreadsheet? Is it a notebook? Is it your old school Rolodex or black book? Is it your phone? Great. If you want to elevate that, then and start utilizing and leveraging those contacts and that network you've developed. Maybe you make the decision to... Elevate and uh, migrate to a customer relationship management system. And there's a million out there. There's yep. ones you can purchase yourself. It doesn't have to be relevant necessarily to the particular field. Although certainly in real estate, there are many proprietary softwares and systems that are specific to real estate. Our own broker provides a CRM system to us. Based
1: on a real, it's called Reliant. Yeah. Right? And yep. so it's custom branded to us, and they, you know, they develop it with um, Hunt developer, you know, yep. the IT folks, right? And any broker on.
0: can do this version of, you know, that, that backbone technology or mm-hmm. whatever their proprietary software yeah, is. Yeah, you have the
1: base, you have the benchmark of the base, right? And then you overlay different, probably modules and they enable different things for you. And so the, the key, and I think Gavin hit it right on the head, you said uh, that's going to take your database to the next step. Right. Mm-hmm, and right. so your database could just be a simple collection or list of folks with names, yeah. addresses, and phone numbers. And some
0: people use that forever and a day and it works for them.
1: And then now when you want to move to maybe a more automated process, I guess maybe this is where some of these CRMs come into play. You want to automatically know, you know, send out birthday wishes, right? And yes. this could be engagement, a, yep. client engagement. Yep, and so this could be something that could help you. You want to craft, um, you know, emails, but you don't want to
0: spam people.
1: P- but you don't want to pour over the creation, right? They may have templates that you can quickly create uh, commonly issued emails like
0: automated newsletters. I
1: ju- yes, thank you. I just listed this, or I just sold this, or mm-hmm. I can help you. These are the things I do. These t- those types of messages. And you can send those out to your people. And it's all about communication. Customer relationship management is all about communicating with the people that maybe, you know, hopefully know, like and trust you. Sure.
0: Relationship and- management and engagement. Um, you know, this is prevalent in most fields. It certainly was in higher education. That's why I had a background in it when I came into real estate. Josh, I don't know how much you use ACRM CRM or our CRM. Talk to me a little bit about what you like to use about if you do and what you don't.
1: So I think the the communication portion, the email portion of our CRM, I've used other CRMs before, but I don't think I use them to their potential. Um, And I think that's true of most people. I don't think most people use their CRM and really rely on that system to manage their business. Um, like they should, and it probably could maximize their their potential in their business. And but, their efficiency. And their efficiency, yes, because you can also use CRMs for transaction management. You can use it for your sales pipeline. You can use it for your- Tracking. Your tracking, your deal tracking, both won, lost and you know, sitting in the middle there. You can classify deals as such, as such and you can also customize. There's a lot of customizations Absolutely. with this as well. And so it takes some learning, with anything and, and a CRM is no different, but I think that once you get that down and you figure out what aspects of a CRM are going to enhance your business, yeah. just because it's there, doesn't mean you need to use it. You need to figure out how, you, what s- system or process you have mm-hmm. and then ask your CRM, how do you do that? I I think that's design
0: around what your goal is instead of the tail wagging the dog.
1: Yes. Don't let the CRM dictate how you run your business, dictate how you run your business and how your CRM can help you contribute to your business. Yes. And I think that's the most important thing.
0: I think that's a good example of really what we're trying to say through this episode too, is just because the technology is out there doesn't mean you you have to use it and use it in the way and just slap it on. These are still all very personal human processes. Mm -hmm. It's just the, um, The support of technology of how it can you know elevate your business and elevate your support in customer service and i think that's what we're talking about it
1: frees up your brain space to do other things because i'm terrible i am inherently terrible at remembering birthdays i'm terrible at it i'm bad and so to be able to fill in my database with their birthdays if i have that and to say and to have a email that says hey i'm thinking of you today happy birthday if there's anything I can do to help you, let me know. I hope you have an awesome day. Yeah. Because I genuinely mean that. Sure. I just can't remember. Sure. Remember that. I want to connect with you, mm-hmm. but I just don't, I can't remember when everybody's birthday is. Of and course. if I put a lot of power into remembering that, mm-hmm. I'm going to drop the ball somewhere else
0: sure and and for some people that might be that I just I have an electronic calendar or I have a paper calendar yep. I'm considering all those things technology too and it's just a way of being at the forefront of continuing with your client engagement and the CRM can help you with that it doesn't you know all CRMs have a lot of different robust systems. Um, I do use our CRM. I, I use automated emails. I talk. I promote my listings, things that have been sold. This podcast? Cl- the podcast, <laughs> client <laughs> appreciation events, um, uh, individualized emails, um, information that's helpful to people, All a newsletter, all those things. But I also step outside of our immediate CRM, and I do use another system that Josh talked about called Trello because I am – when it comes down to it, as much as I might be kind of labeled a tech-savvy person, I love pen and paper, and I'm addicted to Post-it notes. Yeah. I would say that would be my number one technology. So if you uh, come um, so, in and your car is covered in post notes, <laughs> It's covered in Post-it notes. Um, <laughs> but what I did adopt a technology a couple years ago that kind of emulates uh, Post-it notes, and Josh mentioned it's called Trello. And uh, shout out to uh, Hustle Humbly. They're the ones that turned me on to that because I can then physically move around and organize things in a way that makes sense to me. Yeah, you have cards. Yeah, and I and like index cards is yep. what I would have done back in the day or post-it notes and, and all these things. But anyway, I, again, it's just, it's the flux of the range of the technology. You don't have to embrace every high limit and be completely wireless and electronic. It's what works for me and how do I translate that into a technology that benefits my clients.
1: Yeah, and for our people in the continuous improvement sphere and i've dabbled a little bit in it that's a kanban feature right it's basically a kanban board uh, k-a-n-b-a-n and it's what you do it's to do doing done right or whatever fields you need that fit your business right you make trello fit your process yep and so you have your templates and your project templates and so every time you get something or a listing or a client or a buyer you have it you say oop buyer and it populates a board right and then you have your your motion this sure. is my process and this And that's is how getting I very sophisticated
0: it. yeah and but yep. so, for some people they feel they think that way and that that engineer's brain of doing it and some people say I'm just gonna write a note down about it and that's okay those are yeah. all ways of getting things done but Absolutely. we're just we're just talking about technology um, trends that are out there things we use uh, just making sure people understand how important the relationship with technology in the real estate field is
1: so I think what piggybacks off of the CRM and takes us into our next segment then is kind of what the CRM can do as a next step mm-hmm. you know uh, it can be used for communication but it can also be used on the back end for analytics yeah and so there's been and huge advances in data analytics and market insights. Yep. As we've known Absolutely. if we've known anything about the past I don't know 15 years maybe that's what everything is going to right? Mm-hmm. Is data. We know the answers through the data. Data and that's what drives our decisions for marketing. Mm-hmm. What we put our dollars into should be data-driven decisions. And this is what a CRM, this is what those things can collect for us because what they're doing is, is even though we're sent using them to send out the communications, mm-hmm. we can also go back in the history and we can track our client relationship by person and say, I sent this person six emails And then we, and then we closed Mm -hmm. or I sent this person 12 communications. I sent them three postcards and an email. And then
0: finally we were able to show a house. And
1: then we were showing, (laughs) or we were listing or, you know, and you can drive these things. So you can say, if you contact, uh, you know, Susie one time and she ignored you, you could say,
0: do you have any data points to that to prove? Well, what I'm the- not going
1: to get down on it because I know based on my CRM that I have to contact Susie 11 more times right. before she's going to be a client.
0: Exactly. And yeah, don't kid yourself, sellers and, and buyers out there. There are some agents that are really... Uh, sophisticated and drilling down and using that data that way.
1: And I think that's an actual sales number. And, and someone, looked yeah. someone looked that up for me. And you know, I think you need to contact people, the amount of people that buy on the first touch or contact is very, very low. Yeah. You need to contact that person a nine, to, a 9 to 11 times before they say, oh, yeah, I'm ready.
0: Yeah, and it's and it's human behavior. It's technology driven towards human behavior. We know that we all have a million things going on at the same time. Does it ever freak you out when you're on Instagram or Facebook or social media and all of a sudden, why am I all, I clicked on this one kind of slipper ten days ago now all they're sending me is slippers. Yeah. What do you think's happening? It's the little gremlins behind the technology that have identified you of looking at that and are you gonna look at it again until you acquiesce and buy the thing. It's the same thing with sales marketing and analytics and real estate too. Um some some people are more organic and it's relational and you know we're this is how I'm going to run my business whereas other people have it down to no I'm going to work on the science of it not so much the art yeah it's art and science together but and this is what I'm going to do so all of these technologies when you're clicking away at Zillow when you're doing all those things you are feeding that machine of all that data-driven analysis and people are going to use it because it's available
1: yeah and so I mean with that being said who has who has data analytics well everyone right yeah. if any company who anybody now has data analytics. Google has it, Facebook has it, Instagram has it, Snapchat has it, LinkedIn. It's our, scary. Our podcast <laughs> platform has it. It delivers to us, you know, certain metrics and, and things, data points that help us say, oh, maybe we should do something like this. Right. Like forty percent of our population listeners are female. Yeah. Oh, OK. Maybe we should do some more episodes that focus on some of the, the things or issues or topics that, you know, females are are concerned with. Absolutely.
0: Right? And that backs into our code of ethics and our obligation to fair housing, et cetera, making sure that we're, you know, de- delivering content and assistance to our audience. And that changes. And so. You know, you might be barking up the wrong tree with a particular message of an audience member that's not there. So it's helpful to know how to be able to be broad and be more helpful and be more successful in your business when you have access to that
1: information. I made that figure out, by the way. I have no idea. I haven't looked at that in a while. No, but just for the but, sake
0: of demonstration. I mean, yep. I think the psychology, again, It's technology is psychology, too. People might say, well, what the heck does technology have to do with real estate? Everything.
1: Yeah. and And the whole thing about real estate, too, is you know we always say your vibe is your tribe right and so but sometimes we don't know and that's the goal is to figure out who that is mm-hmm. and this is to help this is to help that yep. so if you're putting content out in the world and you're using these analytics to say Who's looking at my stuff?
0: Yeah, who cares? Yeah, whose cup of tea I am I? I
1: say that all the time. I'm like, I might have created something, and I'm like, and eh, delete. No one cares, you know. But I should be putting it out. Really, but who are, really
0: who are my be. likes, and who's following me, and who's a top fan? And you might think, oh God, it's exhausting with all that stuff. But there's a business end of it, and there's a sciencey end to it. it just depends on how you want to leverage that information.
1: Yeah, because it's not oh, who being what who what name. You know, what? Oh, my best friend is looking at me. No, yeah.
0: <laughs> no that's but not. But your best friend has got a network of people that's gonna, if, because they liked it, now they're gonna catch on and then it's spheres of influence, right? That's why we call it a sphere of influence, not a line of influence, because then that radiant goes on and then that's maybe what's gonna attract more clients to and clients to understand that that's the type of agent I wanna work with. Well,
1: it's hard to see the forest when you're in the trees, right? And so if you're only seeing the one and the one and the one and the one, You need something to aggregate all that data and to put that all together and go. Who am I reaching? And then you start to say, oh, Mm -hmm. I put out this content and these people respond to me. Yeah, it's
0: enlightening.
1: And then you say, okay, well, that's great. We can put out more content and focus on that. But also, you can use that and say, well, I want to maybe try to capture more of this, right? Right. So what content would, what things can I say, do, or, you know, push out to the world that's informative and helpful, but also hit that, those, those people. Right. Exactly. Right? And, and kind of pull those in and, and be helpful to them because if you're helpful to people and you provide knowledge and content and things that they're going to use, then they're, they're probably going to be more apt to work with you.
0: And in theory I know that makes all sense and I, I appreciate and enjoy that insight and that fact that that's all out there but I would say in my use of my CRM and my social media technology and all that it's more of, it's more of the getting back to the organic root of things it's another system of delivery I am not in the I don't have time unfortunately or fortunately maybe yep. that's a good thing to then go back and say well who saw that and who did that that's not my thing to me it's exposure uh, do is it a magnet that works or not Am I keeping track of my my clients and engaging with them? Am I remembering things? Am I task oriented? And it's really that basic for me. I don't dive deep into that other end of it. Others will, and that's great. I To me, at the end of the day, this is a business as much as it's bedded by technology. It is personal and human.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so I want to move right through. So that's... That's really, that's data analytics and CRM, they're huge parts of our business. You're going to see it. Another huge part of our business for the past probably, I think, maybe 10 to 15 years is uh, e-signatures.
0: Moving to everything um, electronic. And I can tell you, um, having been in the industry during COVID, when very much in the particular office I was working in, we were still doing a lot of paper. And if you think about that, when the shutdown came and all of a sudden that was like, cannot do this... It really pushed people out of a comfort level to have to adopt, even though these systems, Authentisign, DocuSign, all these different systems were out there for a long time. Yeah. It did push people finally out of necessity, given the restrictions we had during COVID, to get into an electronic platform.
1: Well, and I think the, global, the globalization of business in, in general, I know it's been happening for a long, long time, yep. right, since, you know, before the... I say a long, long time, and now I'm going to say the '80s, but that's stupid. thanks a lot. No, 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 <laughs> no. But I mean, I'm thinking the ad- invention of the internet, right? Sure. Since we've had the internet, we've uh, we've constantly been kind of progressing towards this. Absolutely. But, you know, and you mentioned some platforms like AuthenticSign and DocuSign and Adobe Signatures. There's a million out there. Um, but there's two. I would just want to dis- um, discuss just very briefly two laws and legislations that kind of made this happen. Because while you may have been able to electronically sign something. It may not have always been elect- legally binding, right? right. We, states may not have always been recognizing these electronic signatures. And there's still today some documents that need to be signed wet.
0: Absolutely. So let's back up just a little bit. So for those of you that, depending on what your introduction and what your orientation with real estate is, buyer, seller, agent, obviously, if you haven't already picked up, there's a lot of paperwork involved. Yeah. And so when, you know, up to if you're a buyer and you're meeting with your agent for the first time, there's an agency disclosure. It's a it's a document. When you're meeting for a listing and you're ready to list and you're, you're signing that contract of a listing agreement, it's a multi-page document. Offers. Think of all the paperwork and forms and things that are constantly being signed and Touched and pushed to attorneys and different players in the transaction. That's it's so critical. It's it becomes a huge part of real estate in the transactional process. And so imagine that back in the day, people would sit down together, write on a piece of paper, uh, using forms that are board approved or whatever they were using at that point in time, and they're signing things. And it's and it wasn't just about that was what was available to do that but also the sort of formality and the tradition and sealing the deal literally of making you know having a meeting of the minds tete-a-tete in a physical room of signing off on things
1: fit in a handshake yes you got- <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah some people will tell you that they used to write contracts on a napkin i don't want to hear that but anyway that being said so we, most of us Um, are kind of straddling that then and now scenario. And then when things like COVID and other legislations that Josh is referencing come into uh, play, also the efficiency in people buying across state lines, out of country and all that, the necessity of having to be able to sign documents from afar. And when I say from afar, maybe I've got one of my buyers is here in town with me, but the other buyer is in Lancaster and they can't get here right away. Right. So this is prevalent. It's still happening. You don't have to do that. You know, some people say, I don't have email. I'm not doing that. And I need to come and I need to sign it physically. That's fine too.
1: Make it a priority. But just
0: understand that that's out there and you might, you know... Add time that you don't have to a transaction because of the way that things move so quickly. But Josh is also right that when it comes down to closings and seller documents, some things still have to be performed in wet signature. Yep. But then they employ a technology called FedEx and all those things to turn those things around. A to lot you. of mortgage
1: documents yes. have to be signed wet in signs. front so. of a lawyer and a notary, and they have to. They're still very. Um, I don't want to call them archaic, but very formal, yep. and I think that has some—that gives way to some, uh, you know, fraud prevention, absolutely, right? in the mortgage in the mortgage world. And then maybe someone in the mortgage world can comment on that as well. Yeah, you know. But the two—the two things, the two legislations that I'm uh, that I wanted to just briefly say is what kind of made this possible was the E-Sign Act, uh, and that came in, in January 30th in 2000. 2000. So I mean, that's it's been a while. It's so almost 24 years ago. It's kind of crazy, is it not wild? 24 years ago you know and that's why i was saying you know i'm gonna sound silly saying the 80s right but it's like it's been a while around for a while but it's also fairly new right in the grand scheme of things because people have been buying and selling real estate for a long 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 time yeah and then there's also the uniform electronic transaction act these two things really kind of paved the way for the acceptance and validity and legal binding um of electronic signatures and obviously there's just some there's some things or strings attached to those, right? There's yep. conditions. Yeah. You know, you can't sign you can't sign anything under duress. You can't, you know, enter into contracts, you know, probably when you're under the influence of things, right? Sure. When you're not in your right mind. Yeah. Those all still hold true and have a basis in law and precedent, but it allows us to now get transactions done more quickly from further away. And and keep things moving, and it's more affordable now too because you know we pay for these programs, but you don't have to buy a flight. Right? Exactly from Montana to get out here to come to the closing.
0: Right? Things have changed.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Right.
0: And and I think too, one thing I always remind people too because. Is this real? You know, we, we've also, and rightfully so, been trained to be skeptical. And uh, what's a scam, and what's real, and is this binding? Is it not? People are scared, and I, and I always pad time. Time is always of the essence in real estate. That you know, if we're we're drafting a contract, um, even if I'm sending it to you electronically, I'm giving you as much time as we can have to review that. Don't you? You don't have to start clicking and signing and sign your life away because you're intimidated. Um, or feel hasteness because of the delivery mode of technology. I always tell my clients and clients you you can repeat it with me along here now take your time you do not have to sign right away you can scroll through that uh, If you click on something on accident, it's okay it doesn't go anywhere but to me but I don't want people to feel because we that technology so Prevalent and necessity in many ways that you still don't have the very human ability and to do your due diligence and look through a document. I don't want that to say it's in your face. Click here. That's it. That is not the point. The point is the delivery mode of the efficiency and to be able to. Uh, get on track to make you win and make you successful, but you still have the opportunity to scroll through that just as you would a hard copy document.
1: Read everything you sign.
0: Absolutely, and ask the questions and make the edits.
1: Understand everything you sign. Yes. Ask questions if you don't understand.
0: And that's what's nice about the technology. We can more easily amend a document with your needs and changes Mm -hmm. than we could have, okay, come back to the office. Now i got to cross this out, sign here, sign here. We can do all of that. Just always know that you are in the control seat and even though the delivery mode is technological and electronic, the same facts remain that you've got to be comfortable with what you're signing. I want to
1: touch on one area of the business that we're still always combating because it's so people try and try and try and where there's a will, there's a way. And if there's a problem, someone will find a solution to get around it is wire fraud. Oh, it's, it's a bad thing because wiring money is just so permanent. You can't get it back and it moves so fast mm-hmm. that if they don't catch it right away or even before it happens, back. it's not coming back. I mean, reversing wire fraud is... Probably some of the worst things that can happen to a buyer or seller in a real estate transaction. I've heard many, many horror stories. Sure. And I mean, up until the f- probably federal level or state level, they get involved because it's a huge deal. Yeah. And people will try to in- insert themselves into your transaction and try to masquerade as, as an official person in that transaction and get you to do something that is not. What you should be doing, right? And so it's why it's why it's important, and why they, everybody does. You know, I think on the loan side, I always have disclaimers, right? Mm-hmm. We will not ask for this. We will not ask for this. And pay attention Do to the people that this. you're
0: working with. They're
1: telling you. If you're in doubt, call. You have a team. Work only with the team that you know. And speak to somebody that you know, <laughs> right? And that you have been working with. And so, and it's very, it's also very important that if someone. You know that is entrusted in that transaction gives you instructions you follow those instructions right it's important
0: yeah pay attention don't be so trusting
1: because it's not you know it's not your credit card we right. can't we can't claim fraud and the money comes back i mean this is real dollars going out you know right. it's not just the and promise of paying a transaction
0: and that's why i see a lot still i mean we have really interesting technology called deposit link to yes. electronically transfer a deposit to hold the tra- contract etc but <laughs> Lo and behold, I, I'm still using checks. It's I, what people are comfortable with, or, yeah. a, mon- or a, a cashier's check, um, and from proceeds from sales. You know, I have. I'd say it's 50-50. My clients, if they're requesting that um, through their attorney's office with a wire, if they're going to actually have a check mailed to them, I think that comes down to a personal level of comfort, and you've got to decide what's best for you. Yeah, but think- that's a good thing to highlight, Josh, because. If somebody is all of a sudden asserting themselves in the transaction and they're telling you all these things that your lender, your lawyer said, this will not happen. We will not do so. Please pay attention. Please
1: pay attention. Well, sometimes we find that our clients have worked years for this money. Yeah. It's not a small, it's, I don't want to skim over the importance of this and we don't want to see this happen to anybody. And I pray that I never experience this in any of the transactions that I'm involved with because I really know that it could ruin someone's decade. Yeah. And, yep. and and you can call that the lost decade because it's gonna haunt you for a long time and I just don't wanna see it happen to anybody. So it's on the topic of technology, just pay attention. Diligence. We, yeah, you should be involved, but you should also be paying attention. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so we're gonna move on to our next segment too, and, and this is the neat thing, right? And I think it's the more fun aspect of it. I like a lot of tools and there's always something new coming out. But there's a lot of real estate mobile apps that we use on our phone that help us do our jobs.
0: Absolutely. I would be lost without them. Um, you know, some things that we, we've outlined here that you've got like your camera, you've got scanner document scanning, um, things that you can all your your um, file organization, if you're an Apple user, if you're a Google user, um, all these kind of um, document organization and editing software apps and things like that, uh, SmartScan or something I use all the time. So I might have uh, a survey in front of me and I want to take a more flat and professional photo of it. used to be I'd have to take that document, physically scan it, get a nice thing of it. I can do it right on my phone now. Yeah. I mean, A number one, I live and breathe by my smartphone. I just, I, it's a personal thing, but it's also a business thing. And, and my particular phone has all of the, Bells and whistles, it's the single, probably one of the most single important pieces of technology, and we're gonna get into my favorites and your favorites in a little bit, Josh, but because it has those apps and that capability, and I love that when I'm on the run, if I'm not in front of my computer, at my laptop or my tablet, and I can actually, if a file is sent to me, with an email and they want to file that into that particular transaction i can do that on my phone because everything's connected and talks to everything and, and i think, love that
1: and i think one of the things that have kind of made me like a power user in my real estate transactions has been apple files or mm-hmm. files yep i and, use files and so files is just apple's version of you know like say google docs or anything else one yep. OneDrive for mm-hmm. windows users everybody has their cloud it's just it's a cloud-based file service that almost everyone has now. Amazon has it as well. Absolutely. And so, but what it does is it makes your files available across all your platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I can get them on my computer. I can get them on my phone. I can get them on my i iPad if I had one. Mm-hmm. I don't. But uh, you know, and and it it allows me to quickly forward documents that people need in the transaction. And I've actually it's it's been able to prevent me from headaches in my transactions as well right? because of incorrect information. And I need to get that document really quick and send it over and cite that mistake. Mm-hmm. I was like, Nope, we have the wrong, we have the wrong price. We need to do this. And then you screenshot it or send that document exactly. over. and say, Yeah. Here's, screenshotting.
0: Here's, I mean, that's here's, huge. <laughs> here's the correct,
1: here's the correct, uh, you know, metric that we're doing. Yes. And they're like, Oh gosh, thank you.
0: It's all about documentation. It's all about how are we capturing and documenting the life of a transaction. Things, Don't always go from point A to point Z, smooth as silk in a straight line. And it's always about capturing those documents and saving them in a filing system that works for you, whatever you choose that is, so that you've got those artifacts of the transaction.
1: Your file system is kind of like a CRM too. It's only as good as what you, your process. Exactly. (laughs) Because if you're I mean, some people
0: are just using their Gmail account to search it and find it and bless your heart. Good for you. That would drive me up a wall. It's nice to have that kind of archive within your email. I'm one that does weed my email, but sometimes, you know, the minute that you weeded something, then you realize later that you needed it. That's why I have a file system too. And I'd say I'm pretty accurate on that all the time to keep things and try to keep them as long as I can. But once in a while, something just slips through the cracks too.
1: I also think it's really cool and important to note some of these apps that have kind of made their way into the real estate app. And like something like showing time.
0: Uh, so for is those of you that don't know, showing a time
1: a thing. That what I, did I mean, we do
0: before showing time? <laughs> if you don't have
1: showing time, what do you do? You have stone and chisel.
0: Well, so this is funny. I have, I have a personal story about showing time I'm because I am such an adopter of showing time. And there's a next generation coming out that's going to be efficient yeah. to actually submitting offers, which I'm super excited about. But my first introduction to showing time was not awesome um, <laughs> because I just really wasn't aware of it. And so it's my first listing, and I'm thinking, well, people are going to call when they want to see the house. All of a sudden, my phone's blowing up. I didn't really know I had the app or I didn't have the app on, or maybe the admin had to call me and say, hey, you know, Gavin, people are, and I'm like, what are you talking about? I deleted it. I was like, I can't deal with this because there's just all these people that are like what? jumping into this. I had no idea what you the had app list- was.
1: So you had, I had listings. a listing.
0: It was my first listing. I didn't wasn't even connected with Showing Time yet. And all of a sudden, I, I can't remember people if Lauren b- had to call me and say, "Yo, you need to get that app on your phone," or Ooh. what the case was. And all of a sudden, the phone was blowing up, and I didn't know what. I had no idea that that existed. So I'm telling you, it's a very funny personal story. Oh yeah,
1: because Showing Time defaults to all the modes of communication, and Correct. so it's like Text messages, emails, and then I your had this person ringing. from a call
0: center calling me and I'm like, what is going on? This is insane. Well, then, because of out of sheer ignorance, I didn't know about what this technology was. I yeah. learned the hard way. And at first, in my first listing, I turned it off because I was like, I don't even know what that is yet. So again, give your permission that when you're not comfortable with technology and you think it's gonna impede your ability to do a good job, I did what I did. I'm like, what the heck is this and got rid of it. Now I'm obsessed with showing time. That's, you know, I've uh, I've mastered that, I've adopted that, I'm ready for the next generation. I don't know how we would survive without it. And I think it's important for the public to understand how that works. Not every agent uses it. Let's say you're on the list side. How do we book those showings? I think a lot of people think, well, One agent calls the other agent and says, hey, can I come show the house? Great, thanks. Now, that still happens, and sometimes that's more valuable because there's something specific about that listing, a way to show it if it's occupied, if it's not, and all these things. But Showing Time is a system. It's an app. It's also a website. It's connected to the MLS where you basically go in as an agent, and let's say your client wants to see a house. I go into that. I find the listing, and I request my appointment through there. It's like an online app For scheduling appointments like you did with your doctor, or you know, whatever. And then we get the confirmation that comes back from the other agent. And sometimes it's a go and show and it's an automatic thing, but there's this process. I'm not saying that there still doesn't remain a human element to it because sometimes I say, I'll get, I'm not going to confirm your showing yet. There might be a reason. There might be still some back and forth. But I think that sometimes people think because. Either A, they're not aware that there's a technology, or, or B, they, they do. They think we just can go show any old house anytime we want. I there's think, a process, and this technology facilitates I that. I think
1: the, there's a couple important things that Showing Time serves, right? And one, it's a gatekeeper, right? Mm-hmm. From keeping you just showing up at a house.
0: Well, that is, they have to be vetted. Is that a real estate agent that's actually vetted and subscribing to the system?
1: Right. So, yeah, you have <laughs>
0: that's A number one.
1: Is a gatekeeper, right? And then also, two, it's a calendar right it keeps you I love it, it keeps you organized and keeps you in community and well I'm getting ahead of myself and three it's a communicator tool yeah. to your buyers and sellers and to yeah. say this is what we have and it's a data tool yep. for your buyers too because it can put out reports exactly. to say this it's is the tra- this is the traffic we have to your home and and these are con- this is concrete mm-hmm. i'm not just telling you stories and smoke
0: it collects feedback and, if you're on the list side of things yes
1: feedback and if you're, yeah, you know, I know, we haven't been able to do this in a while, but for multiple showings for a client, what you can do is put them all in a cart, right? On your showing time. And it's then awesome. Say, and it will also route them for you. Mm-hmm. The most efficient way to show these properties. And so it will route, it will create a route for you and say, like based, a tour. On, based on, yes, a tour based on your appointment times, this is where you are to go. Right. We'll say one, two, three, four, five. And it's and, so and, awesome. And it it will, does so many things. Yes.
0: And, and I think that's that's one of the go-to's. Now you still have agents out there that prefer not to use that, and that, that there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But I would say, by and large, most people are because of the power that it gives agents to help their clients, whether they're on either side of you know the buyer or the seller.
1: With the side. option for so many products, I'm just surprised that they've been able to cement themselves in the real estate market as the de facto p- program that almost all all agents use. It's true. It's impressive, and to that me. might
0: be changing. It is, and the fact that they are in in the age of delayed negotiations and multiple offers and some public feedback of how are we keeping that process transparent because we don't physically necessarily meet and present offers anymore and all that. Showing time is now doing this next generation where there's offer submissions, so there's confirmation on both agents' ends that an offer has been submitted, what the details of that offer is, whether it's been confirmed, presented, all that. So it's still in evolution. Yeah. But it's a go to. Like, I mean, I get it. I, I have respect for those that don't want to use it because trust me, I just told you that story for a reason (laughs) because when my phone was blowing up my first listing, I didn't know what the heck was going on. I felt that I had a default to what I could tangibly touch and control. So it's not just because I'm technologically savvy doesn't mean that I'm always on
1: board. I think you just have to get, you know, it's important to get your settings right. And I think that's true of any piece of technology you use is, you know, your business should dictate how you use technology. Don't let technology dictate how you operate your business. Precisely. So if it works for you, it works. You know, if it doesn't, don't use it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Don't
0: let it harm what you do well and what your area of expertise is.
1: Exactly. And so I think moving to the next one, and this is the like kind of the buzzwords, right? And everybody's really, really hyped up about this. And it's for good and bad and kind of leery and weird. But it's, it's artificial intelligence. It's AI. AI is making its way into real estate. And it's coming. Yeah. And it's coming. And we can't help it. And, and it's we're not going to stop it because it's just another piece of technology <laughs> that we have to learn how to use to better do our jobs. And again, you don't have to use it. Some people really like the, you know, and I'm thinking of one specific purpose that we've kind of seen it be used for, and that's uh, remarks, right? Public, public r- remarks and the remarks.
0: MLS for listings. I think people... For sure.
1: And Gav, we can both speak to this, is that you can see... If, you've, if, if an agent has been around a while, they have a style. People have a style, and they fall in default to the same types of styles, the same types of highlights, the same types of words, whether that's conscious or unconscious, or you may just be stuck. You know
0: when it's written organically and authentically and when it's not. And sometimes you just... And some people's style is so flat that... That's just how it is.
1: I'm terrible. I struggle so much with writing public remarks. That's my favorite part, because I know, and you're a creative, <laughs> and I'm so much of a data guy.
0: I'm a, that's why I, I I'm putting my brakes on and heels on a little with this AI stuff because that just happens to be my thing. But
1: yeah, and it's but for me, who struggles sometimes to find. Nice words. I need to have a thesaurus sitting by me because I Nothing wrong I, with that. Hey, check out this really cool space. Please it don't use the word boast. Good space. No word boast
0: in your Never use the word boast in your <laughs>
1: Description and sorry, I always and I mean, always so. ask someone to read it and they're like, man, you you use that word quite a lot and I was like, ah, sorry. So AI is something that can be used and we're seeing that's used in writing public remarks and where you can dictate to it some details of a home and it's
0: amazing what it does. And you may honestly. even be able,
1: to, I think you may even be able to provide pictures now too and say, Scary. write me a description uh, about this house and then and then it will spit out to you something that you can, you know, pick from or derive or, you know, maybe not use word for word, but Mm -hmm. you can say, ah, it can open I up your... I just saved
0: an hour of time and now I can zhuzh this.
1: Open up your vocabulary and all you need to do is like, exactly, zhuzh. I can right? zhuzh it.
0: Yeah. Kept, the educator in me cringes because all I'm thinking about <laughs> is all the technologies I used and Damn. all the papers I've graded and having taught writing and being deeply steeped in research papers, etc., with an art historical background. <laughs> that people can just dial this in. But again, like Josh said, the whole point is that it's got to be about the proper use of it and leverage of a technology, not to replace the human element or what's unique about you and your skills and experience as a real estate professional or in any field. How do you use this tool to improve your service? And how do you do without, what's the word? Without without sinking what you're good at you know without I mean, if, compromise
1: and if you're at, i mean in, in a situation being you know gav you're really busy lately and and so if you cannot spend 2 hours trying to find out the perfect way to write this but you can just list off the simple details of a home and have it sit and spit out a couple paragraphs and you say I like this. I like this. That's not me. I like this. I right. like this. I like this.
0: Well, and here's the other thing I think. Thirty-five about too. minutes later, you sure. come
1: come with a, a twelve hundred, and you can dictate. We have character limits. Twelve hundred. Sure. Write me a twelve hundred character. You know.
0: X Y Z. Yeah. And I, I have played with it. I'm again. I'm, I'm one of those that will like. Okay, I, I have to start playing with this. And, um, I, I'm, you know, we'll see, I just still don't really have a level of comfort. The other thing is too, that, well, you know, folks that hire me are like, well, I'm hiring you because of your writing skills. I'm hiring you because of all this. Now you're going to subcontract that out. No,
1: it's still me. Uh, you know, me. It,
0: it's, it's still me. It's, it's an interesting thing. So I'm on the fence here. I am personally pursuing some training in AI because I, I think I need more formal education of how, if I'm going to use it, I'm going to work for myself. I have a brilliant, one of my dear, dear friends Shout out to Joe Fukella, um, who is an expert in this field and uh, like and has has the chops to to deal with that. He sat me down recently, and said you got to get on board with us. Oh yeah! <laughs> and it was very interesting because um, you know he knows where I, I get uh, stubborn and um, it's it's the artistic license of writing and what I'm passionate about to do those things, but he really got my wheels turning about. This is something that you are really pulling against and it might hurt you. You better start getting on board with us a little bit so I'm taking the challenge Joe I am I am trying really really hard but um it's it's something I myself am not very comfortable with and I I I struggle with it when you can just dial up and say make any old photo and make this happen I looked at my husband last night there was something on the tv where they were manipulating all the photos and everything I thought what is the point where is the Mm. truth you know so I I'm I'm Telling you people out there, I'm, I struggle with this technology stuff, too. I love all my whiz-bang stuff, but I, I I'm struggling with this. I think
1: in any technology, there's always going to be bad actors, but I think that as long as we continue to use this for the good, um, you know, it'll be okay. Yeah. I think it'll be okay. You know, Well, I'm, there was I'm,
0: a time when cell phones were like the Antichrist. Telephones right. were the Antichrist. All right. these things. I mean, I get it, but... I...
1: I, I mean, don't know if machines take over the world then suddenly it won't be our problem anymore so <laughs>
0: I guess so I don't know but anyway guys I've got my eye on that maybe that's something I can follow up and Josh and I can follow up in a, another episode once I get some training underneath my belt I am investigating it
1: and I don't and I have I'm not, just not put sold on as it. much resources behind it as you have I should because it is an area of struggle for me when it comes to listings it's just oh my goodness I'll who I, I do it all the time I write something and I'm like yeah, no one cares
0: but there's other things too, and that's what and that's what I'm trying to open my my eyes to. I really just don't have the baseline information of how else this can be leveraged. We we see. I don't know if you saw the Matthew McConaughey commercial that was all over um, Sunday Night Football about AI, really? and we're supposed to be opening our minds and anything with Matthew McConaughey is all about opening your mind, if you know what I mean. But oh, anyway, all
1: right, all right, all right. It's right.
0: But <laughs> I just I don't know yet. I'm struggling with that. But anyway, let's get on to something a bit more traditional, like something that we see huge prevalence of in real estate, which I'm I have jumped on board with now, depending on the listing, et cetera, is the usage of drone and aerial photography. Oh, I think
1: you've gone all in on the drone photography on your I'll tell you what. Listings. I'll <laughs> tell you what.
0: Well, <laughs> and I think and we are so fortunate to have several um, photographers, professionals in this area that do a, a, an amazing job. Yeah, we have and some
1: fantastic people in our area. Yes, that we do. Are We're really, really lucky.
0: The still really photography, the drone, and the aerial really with the property lines, it. they really are. It, it's, it's an area that I'm really interested in personally. I, I'm fascinated by it, and I think it just depends on... How best is it to market a particular property? And as we all know, I end up with a a lot of niche properties. Um, And um, so, yeah, because I love the challenge and I don't get behind something I don't believe in. And, you know, but then how do I relay my passion and vision for that property Um, is a representative of my seller to the public at large. How is it going to make sense to them? It makes sense to me, but how does it make sense to them? I think the usage of the drone and aerial photography for a particular property, be it commercial or something with big acreage, something where the property lines are not self-evident, relational to another property that's adjacent that they might own already or interested in. I, that is a number one, and I don't think I'll ever go back from that.
1: Well, and I don't think there's anything more beautiful in Western New York than taking an aerial photo of a fall. Oh property. Oh my God,
0: beautiful! If,
1: especially if it has some wood, if it has some acreage or something on it. Yep. I mean, you can get some ridiculously beautiful f- footage yep. of a property, and and that is just. Man, that sells it. We
0: it need does. To go. We need to
1: go to that place. It
0: really puts someone there. And we were talking earlier about you know the virtual tours and stuff. And this is kind of related to that. But just having those a YouTube video out there of the aerial shot, the the flyby, if you will, just positioning, seeing the relationship to the contiguous properties. The property lines are huge. Uh, so the people understand and know what they're buying and what's included, not included before they make that next effort to actually go visit the property physically. I think it's your game changer. I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that every property lends itself for that. I'm not saying I'm not talking about filtering and discerning based on price, but you could have you could have a hundred thousand dollar property. But if there's something very unusual about its environment and where it's staged and where it's set and everything and drone and aerial photography helps create that atmosphere to better understand the property from afar it's not about price it's about what is the nature of that property yeah because
1: if you're just if you defining feature of a property is that it does not sit close to the road but you want to illustrate how far it actually sits away from the road mm-hmm. and that might be uh, you know something that sells that property and drone photography is the best way to illustrate that then that's what we're gonna do right yeah we're, we're gonna go do that
0: absolutely and what I like and again you know some people will you just contracting that out I always have a sit-down with the professionals I work with and I almost have like a storyboard. Like well, this is what I want. You know, I'm the director. <laughs> this cre- is the photo- f- footage I'm looking for. And I'm always pleased with that collaborative process.
1: They're creatives just like you and they mm-hmm. need pre- they need direction because if you don't direct them then you're gonna get what they give you
0: yeah anybody can and not and not anybody can you have to be licensed but someone can throw up a photo of of a building from you know the top down mm-hmm. but it's all about the positioning and the artistry of presenting the story about that building so I'm a huge fan of the drone and aerial photography I think that goes without saying.
1: yeah and I, like we said earlier I think there's been some ridiculously awesome improvements in the photography world and in the you know drone world is it's pretty new. But, you know, that's all I got to say about that, really. But moving on to something a little different uh, that lends itself to maybe the world of crypto as we hear it, but... Uh, uh, block- here's another
0: place I don't know anything about.
1: And I'm not so well versed <laughs> in it either, but I did a little bit of research and it's it's blockchain, right? And blockchain. And it's kind of a buzzword, right? And people use it and they throw it out there and blockchain, man, blockchain is, is the way of the future. You got to get on it. So explain
0: it. what it is, because I don't even know.
1: So from my understanding, blockchain is a system of... it's an open source system to validate transactions right and so it's it's community validation of transactions and so I think as opposed to before you had a single source validation of a contract so when you record a property where that's validated is the county courthouse okay right and so as opposed to if you used maybe say blockchain you know a thing happened and then Five or seven or ten other people or machines confirm the same. Validate that, and it happened. This happened at that time, and okay. it re- and it happened. And it did happen. I can happen. understand that. And so I guess from this, I'm understanding that it can it can revolutionize transactions because it's now it makes fraud more difficult. Sure. Because yeah, how okay. are you, how are you refuting the um.
0: Yeah, if it's only one point of information, of if it's one point of confirmation, we've got to have
1: multiple. If you say okay. it happens and I, I say it. it didn't happen, or if you say you own a property and I say I own a property, and then but sure. then ten other people come to your side and say. No, that transaction, her transaction happened at this time, and we all mm. confirmed it. Got it. So this is true. You're lying, sir. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah Okay. You know, and maybe <laughs> I, get it.
0: I, I can understand the importance of that and why that needs to be developed.'ll um, we'll, we'll see how that goes. I, I can I can understand the importance of it.
1: Yeah, And so really, I think that validation and verification, of 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 contracts and transactions are important. And then that's what you're that's what you're doing. Yeah, I think in the blockchain is just you're you're working to validate transactions. And so you keep doing that and you keep doing that repetitively and repetitively and then you form these blocks of of transactions. Okay. And then so if anything happens later on down the line it's referring to the previous the previous block. It's
0: evidence. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, and okay. it's and you can't change it. It's not right. It's not editable. Right, you can't the, the right previous, without
0: screwing up the block.
1: Yes, and then, I get it. And then it's I it's think, like
0: Legos. And Don't it's take it's like Jenga.
1: Trackable as well. You know they're, they're it's electronic on, Jenga. They're working on traceability. <laughs> okay, right? all right. So well, I, think, I
0: look forward to learning more
1: about that. Yeah, I think it's just a piece of technology that can and they say it kind of it flattens the process. It makes it safer and it. It, so it makes it more affordable too rather than involving more people okay it's more, I can see yeah trying know.
0: to trace and track and uh, okay I can I can see that
1: people are expensive right yep. you know we're expensive we require a lot of resources to employ whereas technologies you need to develop you know initially once and then approve upon incrementally sure but they're all they're always there and they're always working okay so you're always verifying all of that
0: okay well, that's cool to know.
1: And it's security, you know, it, it's, de- it's developing you know, more cybersecurity as well.
0: It's the way of the future is not going anywhere. But I want to talk about what are the technologies, Josh, that you can't live without as a real estate sales professional?
1: I think the technologies that I cannot live without, I think, are my computer. I really like my computer. I think it's important. I think it's for when I want to do deep work, if I want to do quick work. I think my computer is where you get it done. Mm-hmm. If uh, my phone, uh, my, 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 these are all hardware things, right? Sure. And so hardware related, my phone, if I'm on the go and I need to get something done in a pinch, it's, I'm probably not going to be the fastest at it, but I can get it done. My phone is going to get me through that process. My file management system, which delving into the software world, I've already said, my file management system is really... Um, the key at how I can keep up the speed of the transaction and make sure that documents are delivered on time to who they need to be delivered to in an efficient manner. Also, because I am dual careerist, I'm not always in the office. Right. So you
0: have to have mobile access.
1: Having my, my phone is, is good because I don't always have, you know, I'm not keeping a file cabinet of documents. Right. Right. So that's one that those are other things. Um, I think one thing that we really didn't discuss was Transaction Desk. I think using that and entering stuff into that, that transaction desk and leveraging that. Um, so is, Transaction
0: desks, for those that don't know, is an electronic system where it's kind of like a file cabinet where we can pull all those forms for your listing contract, for your purchase offer, for addenda, etc., yep. and pull them electronically and fill them out, send them out, get them signed, all that stuff.
1: And I think so that was a, that's another piece of software. And then I think in terms of you know physical processes, um, templates are Mm -hmm. a huge time saver for repetitive emails that we send over and over in a transaction or at the same time in a transaction. So it's kind of taken me that you build those organically through time or, you know, some people sell templates, but I've, you know, noticed or take Take stock of, hey, I've sent this. I always send this email about, yes. about this time. Yes. Um, so I'm going to type this email up, and then right save before it. Gmail has a save as template action. Oh, cool. And there so, you go. yep. And so I, I've saved that as a template. And so, um, also, what it's also saved me is mistakes and transactions and making sure information is available and easy to access. Gavin, you taught me that was try to make, if you try to make things easy for the other parties, yes. they are gonna to wanna to work with you. Yes. And they're gonna know that when you, when your name comes up in a transaction, because yep. you know real estate agents are their reputation as well, as, as well as they are their skill, I do wanna say that, yep. that when they see your name come across their box as a submitted offer. It's a
0: smile, they, it's not a er.
1: they know. <laughs> they know that this, guy or gail is going to get it to the closing table they have they have the systems in place the last time i worked with them they their emails were wonderful yeah i've gotten multiple i've gotten compliments from people now by templating my emails yeah that say that make the information available without having an individual go into the individual documents of the contract right i mean Please read all the contracts, everybody that's involved in it. Right. But sometimes but, for the
0: sake of when we're when we're quarterbacking the twelve person team to close your transaction. Yep. You know, there's that bulleted.
1: And so when I send over my email or when I send over my offer, I have an offer summary at the front. Yep. I have the subject property. And then also in the body of my email, I have everything that was in the offer yep. summary.
0: Make it and easy then
1: with that. Make it clear. When we get, you know, attorney approvals. That I send the same type of email. When we have mortgage commitments, we yep. have the same type we of emails. We have this.
0: Every step, every milestone of the transaction. And
1: really what I employ those yep. on is anything we include all parties in. Yep. Right? And I think so that's smart. Those I'm are glad really, that's working. I think if I could pare it, pare it all down into like a, you know, distill it into the simplest things, I think those are the things that make me most efficient right now in my transactions.
0: Absolutely. I would say everything you've just said, Josh, I definitely do. But I, I love to tell people because I think, you know my husband's always like, you can't walk out of this house without 20 things in your hand. And that's true. And it's anything that's like low tech from bags. Anybody that knows me, I'm obsessed with bags. And I've, I've been on the hunt for a long time for the bag, the bag that puts both my computers. Yes. You heard that my Mm -hmm. laptop and my, um, iPad, my tablet um, and all my technological tools, but my physical hard files, because I'm still, like I said, I admit, I'm still into my post-it notes and my files, and. Um, my legal pads. And now I have a spiral bound notebook getting crazy. really nice. Thank you. Um, You know, I've got that going on. I've got to schlep all this stuff all the time. And then I've got, you know, all my containers that live in my car for open house things for all that stuff. Everybody that knows me, I have a selfie stick. I have this, um, the tripod with the halo light and all that for my social media and stuff like that. Where does all that stuff go? And it's got to be in one place that I can grab and go and do all that. So I've got all that technology. I could not live without, my AirPods.
1: Oh, I, I do I do like AirPods. I
0: mean, so yeah, you got the smartphone, the computers and everything, but when you're multitasking, you need to be hands-free. Um, I have my um wireless ear earbuds and I love them and I'm obsessed with them because that really helps me function. Um and same thing, like in the car. So all of my technology syncs up to my vehicle so that You know, I try not to do this often, but if I have to take a call while I'm on the road, because I'm on the road so often, everything's connecting and I can continue business when there's those instances where it cannot wait. Um, That's just. It has to be the way that it is. I, I love my, my magnetic car charger in my phone. I'm obsessed with that. I think that's a game changer because navigation <laughs> systems are huge. Yep. We do have some navigation connectability in the Showing Time app that goes out to, is it Google Maps or Apple
1: Maps not sure. I, think, Apple Maps it, I or something. think it can default to yeah. whatever you use.
0: So I... I, ha- I I'm directionally challenged. So I have to have a navigation system. I couldn't survive and do my job without that. I, you know, the technology in the car that I'm listening to, my podcasts. It's why we do a podcast, because I love podcasts. And I'm always getting my information and ingesting it that way. but, you know, just the technology for open houses, the the flyers, the software we use to do sign-in sheets for flyers for social media posts and things like that. I, I think the list goes on and on that people don't understand all the technology that we touch and we work with. Um, you know, you you talked about um, file sharing and your, your filing process, and that's key. I couldn't do that otherwise. I don't know how people don't do it. Um, all of these technologies are super important, but I'd say probably... My favorite technology, and one that I can't live without, and Josh is going to laugh because I'm looking at it right now, is my stainless steel koozie. (laughs) And you're laughing because I am obsessed with seltzer, and anyone that knows me, I am, and I drink it all the time. And obviously, I'm talking a lot, and I have to drink a lot. And nothing is more satisfying than having my stainless steel koozie to keep my refreshing beverage cold.
1: Hydration is important, everybody. (laughs)
0: So that's why I'm saying this. I wanted to add a little levity here at the end of this episode because all of this is technology. It's the tools and the tricks that we use to be successful, to do the best for our clients. And it doesn't have to be complicated. Are there things out there that are? Yes. Just because it's out there doesn't mean you should do it or use it. But if you think that technology and real estate don't have anything to do with each other, I hope that we've opened some eyes today.
1: Absolutely. I think we've exhausted it today. I really think we have. This <laughs> I really is...
0: thought this should have been like a two-part thing, but at least we hammered it in and we got there. And if you have more questions, if there's things that you thought of that, well, what about this or what about that? Please let us know. We'd love to know what you think is important when you're selling a home or when you're trying to buy a home or when you're investigating real estate that's important to you for the technological tools you use.
1: Yeah, get, uh, get podcast at gmail.com. And our, Send our, us a line. Our social, uh, definitely... Uh, Gavin, you know, posts a lot on our social. And so definitely comment on us. We usually post a little uh, a little spiel or a, a picture or photos, you know, when it, when we release episodes. So, you know, when we when we post those photos, definitely interact with us and, and comment. We're really looking at them. We, we do.
0: Now you have a little bit more insight of like what we're doing here. I mean, not to mention, we didn't even say the technology we're working with right now as we're recording this podcast. Yeah. So it's 24-7, guys. It's prevalent. It's part of this field. It's part of many fields. But I hope we at least shown some light on um, the background of uh, technology and real estate. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode.
1: Absolutely. And thanks for listening in today. Be sure to drop us a line. Leave us a review. We really enjoy it. And we really want to interact with you. So be sure to reach out and tell us what you think. Sounds good. Keep it real, guys. Bye, guys. Thank you for tuning in with us today. We hope to see you next time. We're going to be doing this a lot more, so to be sure to leave us a review and a rating as it lets us reach more people and lets us know how we're doing. We hope you're doing well. Cheers until next time.